the third podcast of the Director Showdown, and my name is Adam Dauphin, and here with me again is my, uh, I guess, friend uh, who supports... Uh, Reluctant. <laughs> well, I don't know how we're going to be friends like when we're done with this podcast, but uh, it, it's, uh, it's a, it's a me, Brett Carroll. <laughs> Yeah, and we're back for the uh, yeah, like you said, the third episode uh, this week. We uh, we're back to Spielberg now. We did uh, one Spielberg, one Kubrick. Yeah. Now we're back to, to Spielberg to BFG. That's what we watched. This <laughs> yeah. time. Big fucking giant. <laughs> the big fucking giant. No, uh, we did. Uh, I I, I kind of wanted to go as far as possible away from Indiana Jones. And to just do kind of a drastically different Spielberg movie. So we went with Munich, uh, the 2000, I think it's barely One, 2005. 2001 oh, a Space barely, Odyssey movie. <laughs> barely 2006, actually. Uh, 2006, uh, th- uh, what, what would you call it? Political? Thriller. I mean, yeah, thriller, yeah, thriller drama. For sure. Uh, Munich. And, um, for Thriller? Is that a word? It's a driller. It's a driller. It's a driller. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, and this was uh, to kind of get the summary off of IMDb, which is a thing I think we'll do now, because why not? Uh, Based on the true story of the Black September aftermath about the five men chosen to eliminate the ones responsible for that fateful day, which is kind of weird because it doesn't really say... Well, I mean, I guess it's in the title. It's the Mu- like the Munich killings at the 1972 Munich Olympics. Yeah, the Olympics, yeah. And, uh, yeah, what did you, I guess, generally take away from the movie? Uh, where do I start with this film? Honestly, uh, it's just... It's, it's, I, think, I think it's too long. I think it's a, it's a really long movie. Okay. It's not like... It's not like it wasn't... Um, it's not like it, it was bad. I just felt like it was... It's just too much. There's a lot of things going on, and like you get, like it's really exciting. The first mm-hmm. half is really exciting, and then it, and then the beat goes down on the second half. And it's not. I feel like if they split, if you split up into two movies, it would almost be better. Munich one and two. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's just the. You feel as though. You get this Spielberg pacing really well at the beginning. Yeah. You know? Okay. It's really exciting. Um, and then you get... Okay, well... Okay. Let me put it this way. This sounds a little, this will sound a little weird, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. Maybe... It's kind of like the first half was... <laughs> Indiana Jones, kind of. And I don't mean that in a, in a, in a, in a glib way, but more okay. of like a... Like action sort of way I guess yeah and then you get they get to the second half where it's um Schindler's List where it gets really like really yeah. gets emotional and well I, I really dramatic, I think, I, I think that's intentional and I think that adds to why this movie's so good and while it's like why it's kind of like and we were talking about this like it's Spielberg's I think like most like nuanced and kind of subtle movie because it's like I agree with you 100% but I think it's totally intentional because I think it starts out very like black and white as as kind of black and white as it can get really where it's like there are these bad guys they 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 did this terrible thing 
to you know your your home country. All of you guys are united. You're gonna wipe them out basically because it's these these five guys who were basically hired by the prime minister to go on the secret mission to wipe out the Black September. Uh, you know, terrorists who orchestrated this this event, basically. Yeah, why the fuck not, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's like really, it's like black and white and really exciting as they like take out the guys, and then kind of as the movie goes along, it gets more like muddled and like ambiguous, and it's like, wait, Dirty. whose side? Yeah. yeah, it's like whose side are we on? What are we even doing? Like, you don't know. It's like it becomes a lot more paranoid and like a lot more gray as the movie goes goes on. So I think it is long, but I think. It's like intentionally so, almost. I mean that that is a great that is a great great observation. I totally agree mm-hmm. that um, that is what was intended. But mm-hmm. I just think it should have been cut down a bit. <laughs> you know, I chopped think down. Just, maybe it some, one of the yeah, maybe one of the plots taken out. Yeah, it's I mean, like it, it is a long kinda, movie. It just kind of started losing me a bit. Just yeah, because it was just so long. I I. I I don't know. I just with I don't really I shouldn't say that I have a problem with long movies because I can watch I don't want to be an asshole here, but I'm going to, I guess. <laughs> it's like, you know, with 2001, it's a long movie, mm-hmm. but I'm just drawn in. I'm so drawn in. I'm so invested. Yeah. Well, I mean, that well, yeah. See, the thing is like, oh, okay. Well, maybe it goes with your point in the sense that you know, it's it's the it's the opposite of um, of a tension building movie. It's like all all the action happens at the beginning, so it's already out of the way, but it starts going down in uh, energy. So that's why you yeah. feel that's yeah. why you're gonna feel more drained. I mean, yeah, for sure. I, and I agree yeah. with you too. And we were talking like when we were watching it too, like how the first half of the movie it's like we were like i said i think like three times i was like wait i don't remember this because it's yeah like the second half is a little it's quite a bit like less memorable but watching it again it's like well fuck it's like it's really like i thought it was like really just as good too it's just not as exciting i think and then something else that i was thinking like when i was watching it is that um when was the last time you saw zodiac because this movie actually oh, reminds me, yeah. like I, Zodiac's one of like my one of my favorite movies of all time. This like movie really reminds me of Zodiac, and I don't know exactly what the parallel is, but <laughs> Zodiac is a movie that's really lengthy and it's really drawn out, but that's purposeful, and I think it's purposeful in Munich too. Where like Zodiac, it's like following the case, and it's like, oh, this is never gonna end. This thing never did end, really. We never got closure, and that was kind of the point of it, and that's kind of the point of Munich, I think, too. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, that's a that's a great, great point, and I agree that uh, it's, yeah, that, that is what was intended. It's just, I guess, as a movie viewer, it's just like... Mm-hmm. It's exhausting. How about that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah. It's and exhausting. I wonder. I wonder what that is because it's like, yeah, you bring up a good point in comparing it to two thousand one because that. You know what's interesting? You have the build. Is it's? I'm kind of. I feel like the opposite a little bit. Like I kind of feel like that with two thousand one. And I wonder if that's just because like they're two different styles, kind of how like. I don't know. I don't know how to put it into words, but. it's like uh spielberg with munich with munich specifically because indiana jones is completely different you know yeah exactly yeah um 
it's more god damn it I don't it's like focusing on the on the characters a lot more like 2001 is a lot more intellectual and it's kind of focusing on like these ideas and then Munich maybe it's a little more draining because yeah because it's like focusing I don't know it's like you I don't know. It's, it's hard to put them into words. No, I think that I think since the point was of the, because I'm gonna go back to what you said before because it's exactly what the movie's about. Um, you know how something black and white turned into this gray, you know, shit fest. Mm-hmm. You know, and I guess that's why they can be so exhausting because you have these characters with a cl- with a clear goal like very goal oriented knowing exactly what they want to do mm-hmm. and then as the movie progresses on things start deteriorating so much that you don't really know who whose side they're on whose side the other like who they're killing is that is that even were they even a part of the munich attacks yeah. like everything gets questioned mhm and you just don't feel any sort of um, even at the end you don't even feel sort, any sort of resolution so maybe that's why it's a little I bit think more you know that's that's yeah that's you really know? interesting I think that might be the point is because and we were kind of talking about this too is like this is I think Spielberg's most like cynical kind of negative worldview movie I Completely, think because yeah. and I think a lot of that is and I was going to bring up too like it's really intentional that this is. Like his first movie, or it wasn't because I think he made Minority Report before, but this is like a definitely like post 9-11 like worldview movie. Like there's a reason why the last frame of the movie is the Twin Towers in the distance. Whoa, spoiler alert. Jeez. (laughs) You see the... the, It's not like anyone knows what happened at Munich in 1972. (laughs) Yeah, we can't spoil real life. Yeah, it was, yeah. (laughs) But, um, yeah, and I think that definitely has, like, a lot of, uh, like, this movie and kind of what happened has a lot of real, real world, like, parallels with, um, you know, what well, happened. Well, yeah, I mean, if you just want to, since that's a nice transition, we'll talk about the historical context with it. Mm-hmm. You know, this was made in 2005, and that was uh, four years after the, yeah. the uh, September 11 attacks. So he, Yeah, and he... He wanted to make it in 2003, too, but um, I guess Tom Cruise was available, and he was like, oh, well, let's do this War of the Worlds movie first, which in its own way, and if we were doing that, is definitely, I think, a post... Let's keep on on trying. Anyway, he he made it when he could, but he wanted to do it, like, pretty soon after 9-11, but he still... still So we can go into that with the intent of Mm. um, 9-11. Well, you know... Around that time, we'll even say we'll say 2003. Where we were all up in uh, you know war fever and uh, and the Iraq War was in full uh, mm-hmm. full throttle. Yeah, not Charlie's Angels full throttle, but <laughs> we wish, right? <laughs> if we did, then we would won the. Fuck. Yeah. Anyways, um, but yeah, it's like you you have you have the black and white aspect of you know you had the terrorist um uh blow up the twin towers mm-hmm. and then you have the uh terrorists um kidnap and eventually kill the the israeli athletes in in munich mm-hmm. so you see that definite parallel 
there. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, it's, oh man, even thinking about it now, it, um, yeah, it's like a really kind of obvious metaphor in the sense that this other country, or I shouldn't say country because it wasn't like another country, well, it was a group. It was, it was, it was I mean, came in and attacked us yeah i mean they they came in attacked us oh you're talking about yeah i'm I'm like tying it directly to like 9-11 in the sense that like they did this thing to us we we were so we were all fucking furious we were like we need to get back at them let's go do it and that was kind of like our like you know the same I, i mean at a much bigger scale but kind of a similar thing to what they did in the movie yeah so so obviously, like we want our revenge, we go to we go to Iraq and we go try to find these these uh, these terrorists. So um, as the war progresses, as we see now that it's it's very gray. Like we don't know when you go over Iraq, you're you kind of we're, we're kind of unsure as a country. Like what are who are we fighting? And yeah, were they really responsible for the nine eleven attacks? And you know, it just seems so obvious when it happened. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. But now it's just like this this uh, very gray mess. Yeah, and it's just like how Munich uh, described. It's not like anybody was particularly. That was the interesting part is that no one was actually like. It didn't convey any sort of oh, you know, Israelis were bad or the PLO was bad. Yeah, it was just like both sides were kind of uh, equal in a sense. It made a case for both sides in different yeah. ways. Yeah, and it, it emphasized, it drove home the point of um, family. You know, like you see, you saw family as the most, like blood as the most important thing. Mm-hmm. It superseded anything at all, even with the uh, the um, information brokers. You know, those guys that didn't have an, a, a nation to side by, they said that, you know, they would... It was really great, that scene where they come... Where uh, Eric Bana comes in and meets the... Uh, the um, Yeah, Papa. Or Papa. 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 Information broker dad. <laughs> yeah, the, the godfather scene, basically. And there's so many kids. There is so many kids. Yeah. And you can tell that this is what he prioritizes. Like, it's my kids. I don't mm-hmm. care about any nation, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you look at uh, the you know the Israelis. It's like with his with Eric Bana's mother. It was almost it was almost like like I understood what what she was saying, but it was almost disgusting when she was like, "I don't care what you did, you mm-hmm. did it for this country." Exactly. You know, she's like, "I don't want to know what you did, mm-hmm. but you did it for for this country." Yeah. And then same with the PLO. They're just like, "Do you know what it's like not to have a home?" Mm-hmm. And you just see how it gives you a, a fair perspective for like everybody and like everybody's side, basically. Yeah, but you see that the I mean, I'm I'm going to interpret this myself. I don't know. If I this is what I feel like Spielberg was trying to say was that that blood begets blood. You know, mm-hmm. ha- prioritizing your own blood um, creates violence. Yeah. You know, because you're trying to protect your own, but at the same time, protecting your own causes you to go on the offense on other not not part of your family. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's really what the whole movie is about, mm-hmm. in a sense. Yeah, I mean, and then it's really interesting, too, because, like, watching this movie and, like, Spielberg is, I think it's safe to say he's Jewish. 
I think he's Jewish, right? Is he? I'm not sure. I, th- I, th- I, I think he is, and we can get into it, but, like, he, <laughs> he, uh, yeah, I mean, this movie feels really personal. It's like you feel like, a, like, more so than his other movies, I think you kind of feel like a personal touch, and I'm not sure if that's, like, because this is, you know, this is the environment kind of that he was raised in or what, but uh, even beside that, we were talking about how he doesn't side with, like, the Israelis, or he doesn't side with one or the other. He kind of takes like a very even stance, mm-hmm. and kind of uh, an yeah. even Steven. And even yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, no, nah, I mean it, it was. Uh, I mean, which one came be- came before? Was it? Uh, Schindler's List was in the nineties, wasn't it? It was like ninety two. He he put out Schindler's List the same year as Jurassic Park. Anyways, <laughs> I just have to put these, these little, so that's why he's better. <laughs> it's like who fucking cares? Fuck off! It's not like it's, he probably got his Jew writers to go write his. Yeah. No, no, it's really funny you mention that because um, in I was reading in the trivia that in 2003 he actually hired three separate writers to write this movie. And then he, yeah. And then he, he was like, "I'm gonna pick the best one. We're gonna make the best one." Yeah. And then, so that's how that's how like his process works. I know it's kind of like inside baseball, but I I thought that was really interesting. That's kind of how he makes shit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he doesn't write his own. He he takes. I mean, he works with really good writers. Yeah, he takes credit for other people's shit. (laughs) Like JJ Hack Abrams. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Um. You want to get into uh, some, yeah, some well, shit? Um, well, I guess we'll do signature moves. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's going to be interesting for this one. Because uh, I can't think of anything right off the bat, honestly. I mean, signature moves, what he does really well in a lot of his movies, and we kind of touched on this in Indiana Jones, is showing things instead of really saying them like yeah he does have um kind of these scenes of exposition and even at the beginning of this movie when they're kind of doing the exposition he kind of like has learned how to do that more organically and to like tie in like character moments and like you learn about the characters with the actual exposition um but even like yeah like beyond that he likes to show instead of tell things so one thing i i thought in particular was like a really good scene is when they're um like it opens with, uh, I think who was it? The uh, I think it was Eric Banner, right? He's four, he's holding four sticks, and then he breaks one, and then he like he like holds them in his hand, mm-hmm. and then you like you can just take from that like oh like the person with the shortest stick is gonna have to do some shitty thing. Mm. He's gonna have to kill the first guy basically, which I think that was, that was the setup for it, right? Yeah. And then he like goes over, and then you just see, and there's no words for any of this. It just it just you just see it, and then they all pull one. And then you just see uh, toy the, bon- the toy maker guy. Yeah. yeah, he pulls out the small one and he kind of looks at the other guys, and that's it. And it's like, oh, okay, well, this is going to be the guy who kills the dude with uh, Eric Mana. Yeah. So. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, no, I no, that's. No, I mean uh, Spielberg is great at um, visual storytelling. That's for sure. I um, what, what was I going to mention? I mean, everything was was pretty seamless, like in terms of transitions and 
how to how to establish like what's going on and very what, what's going on in the scene and very in very different ways like i love the util, utilization of mirrors that that seemed to be a very big um yeah a very big aspect of the film i think the purpose of it was to show like to look at oneself and really identify like what what it is that they're doing you know like looking at them yeah like like, like the the old like look in the mirror like take yeah. a look in the mirror like are you the monster yeah are are you hunting the monster that was actually monster, you know that was like one of the uh like imdb kind of has an equivalent for like trademarks and then one of them was yeah like mirror shots because he likes using those too but like um well like before i forget mm-hmm. um you know just the various scenes with them setting up for the various um assassinations like it was all just mirrors like with uh daniel craig sexy daniel craig's character um <laughs> mr sexy daniel craig like you would see you would see the car just pull up and and in the whole shot, as the car is moving, you would see like his face in the mirror, mm-hmm. and it's like I don't know how you fucking do that. Yeah, but it's amazing that um, Spielberg pulled that off. Like it's great because your eye is constantly staring at the at the mirror as the car moves and all the action is happening. You know. Yeah, I think it's very well choreographed and it's yeah he likes he, he likes lot. really yeah. yeah he likes really dense shots. Like one that comes to mind is it's like it zooms out from. <laughs> which jesus christ this movie in like the 70s like zooms that it oh has. my god that was Holy so shit. excessive yeah it's so great i love yeah. it it like really just makes it feel like a like it takes place in the 70s and uh yeah there's one where it like zooms out from eric Bana on the balcony to reveal um daniel craig's character in the mirror and then pulls down to uh the toy maker basically holding like the detonator and then he switches it on and like that's just like one small example of kind of what he does a lot where he like fits a lot of really quick like this is the scene this is what's happening and then you can kind of learn it all really quick in like one quick shot so yeah i'm trying to think of like i guess i was gonna you know use this as an as a as a content movie but Mm -hmm. now i think about more i guess it fits it a little bit better you know remember when i got really really annoyed with the airplane scene yeah. And, um, you know, Eric Banny's like reading his little stupid little newspaper and the Hebrew today or something. And, uh, <laughs> Jew news. <laughs> oh, God. I better, I better stop before this gets out of hand. Anyway, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's on the airplane off to Europe and he, he looks solemnly towards the, airplane window and it and then you see a little dissolve into like a flashback to munich and at first i was like this is stupid like why why would you do such a stupid transition here you know it was supposed to be like oh he's pondering excuse me he's pondering into the sky you know like as we do when we're on planes mm-hmm. and but it just seems so rough yeah but I guess when you think about everything else, dealing with like reflections, like I, I'll get, I'll give it a pass because of the excessive use of reflections. And he saw himself in the window, and so he's seeing the actions of Munich. 
And like, mm-hmm. I get it. That's that's fine. But it just looks so weird. It looked a little, a little weird. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, and then, uh, yeah, and then we mentioned, too, like, how there's a huge gap. Basically, the whole movie goes by before you see kind of how it ended. And then, like, it cuts back to, like, the final act of what happened in Munich, basically, as, like, he's having sex with his wife. Oh, God, and, that like, fantastic scene. Oh, man, it's insane. Like, he, like, there's, like, thunder and lightning and rain, and he's, like, it's literally, like, the climax of the movie happens as he's, like, climaxing. As, as he's coming. Yeah. <laughs> um, again, that goes with the whole, the whole theme of family. You know, like, he's, he's fucking his wife as he's thinking about his brother brethren getting massacred you know like it it goes back to that it's like you know it's like he's he's potentially impregnating her with another jewish baby like no really it's like (laughs) that's what's happening yeah and he's thinking about israelis Mm -hmm. you know it's it's subtle Inexplicit at the same time, you know. Yeah. It's it's crazy. It's I thought it was a ballsy ass move, and I'll give it to Spielberg for that. Like I thought that was a great, that was a, that was a great scene. Yeah, I mean, and that yeah, like that touches on kind of what this movie does very differently from a lot of Spielberg's other movies, uh, which is, I mean, I guess you could say his historical movies, like Saving Private Ryan, is also another really kind of violent like honestly violent movie and then this one definitely is too like the violence but he, in this got, movie, he, got, he got a little like I mean it was honestly violent but it got a little you know sentimental it's a pretty sentimental movie if you really think about same price yeah. this one's not yeah. a sentimental movie no this one's know? really cynical yeah. and kind of well and that's that's interesting too because I think and I, and I hate to bring it up again, but like War of the Worlds 2, it's like his post 9-11 movies are a cynical worldview. And I think it makes sense, like because it's like everybody was kind of a little more cynical after that happened. Mm-hmm. And so I think Munich definitely is like a part of that. And it's saying, like, are we going to keep this cycle going forever? Is this something that's never going to end? You know what I mean? It's like that very right. cynical worldview, I think. And definitely ending on a shot of the Twin Towers is like a very heavy-handed way of saying that, I think. <laughs> Which is like a very Spielberg-like thing to do. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. But other than other than that, I'm not sure what other kind of uh, trademark signature moves. Um, he, he did the, the wipe, wipe uh, transition. Really? Nah, I'm just kidding. Oh, really? <laughs> the, the fucking oh, zoom out. Yeah, the, the... Anyways, <laughs> um... All right, I guess uh, we'll move on to the. Actually, before we move on, I got one. I wrote one little note down, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. At the in, at the introdu- in the introduction when they started with the the Munich attacks, he was utilizing a lot of news clips, like actual news clips. That's right. You know? I was, I, yeah. And it was like, it was great because since it was the beginning, it weaves the. It it weaves um, reality and fiction together. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it establishes the viewer to say to think, "Oh, this was reality." Because I'm looking at you know, this. Yeah, I'm looking at this. Uh, this f- filmed fictionalized like it's it's fictionalized because you know it, Spielberg filmed it, mm-hmm. but it's also weaved with the with the news. Um, 
clips that were actually yeah. well yeah happening. and then there's like one shot that comes to mind that weaves those together really well mm. uh which is kind of like almost like a sniper view of the hotel room of uh like news cameras or whoever watching the hotel room on on a tv and you see that in the corner and like on the left side of the frame and you see a guy <laughs> And it's Jesus Christ, it's kind of hard to explain. But the guy on the TV walks outside of like a sliding glass door, and then on the right side of the frame, you see the guy actually walking out the side. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You yeah, know what I'm I, talking I, about? I, the I sliding glass about. door. And that really like weaves together like the real life news footage and then like. Yeah, and, his and fictional adds the believability. It, 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 it makes more um, empathy for the audience to. To be involved with this, with the with the film, so I thought that was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I guess we'll move on to <sighs> what would Kubrick do? <laughs> oh man, this isn't. What would Kubrick do if he made Munich? This isn't as fun as uh, the last two because, like, we're really getting into like the. I picked this one because it's a lot more like nuanced and not as Spielberg as Indiana Jones is like the typical yeah, Indiana yeah, Jones yeah. type. I wanted to pick a movie that's like his kind of just him making like, I don't know, just like really, you could tell that he's like taken all of his experience as a filmmaker to like make this movie. I feel like, okay, well let me, let me, let me start how I would, how I think Kubrick would do. He would, he would lay off the, there was a lot of exposition, honestly. Like there was a lot of explaining going on, and I know that Spielberg. I mean, Spielberg does that. He he has he has exposition, but he does exposition really well, to where it's not insulting, right? Mm-hmm. But Kubrick would would remove that. He would he wouldn't have them talking about what they need to do and how they're gonna do it and blah blah. blah. He would just show a series of actions of people just doing things. Like I, I yeah. Like I I think that. Um, be a long, long drawn out stuff. Um, not really, not really much of the prepping for the assassination. Just more so them assassinating and kind oh, of yeah. getting rid of um, the emotions that were involved. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and like what? Yeah, what Spielberg always does is puts character first, and I think uh, Kubrick would have kind of. Not that not that he wouldn't have had characters, because he definitely would have had like, you know, he still would have had the characters, but um, a a little less nuance, I think, and kind of yeah, he would have cut out kind of the build up to the the assassination scenes, and it would have like just done them. So like you would kind of he would put more work onto the audience. You're more you're, yeah, you're more with with, with what Cooper would then he probably. It's more of the witnessing of the horrible events, and then you derive your own um, mm-hmm. interpretation of what it is. Like you yeah. would just be viewing um, the assassinations rather mm-hmm. than the clear intent that uh, Spielberg was was giving. You know, with all the whole like, grayness of it and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, but then again, like Munich, th- this is a movie that is most. To me, and I haven't seen AI in a long time, but like to me, Munich is the most Kubrick Spielberg movie because yeah, it's, a it's a very cynical. Hard, yeah, yeah, it's it's hard to do hard because to do. I think I think Kubrick still would have had a lot of the scenes where they're kind of talking about 
kind of talking about like the ideas at play, how, you know, they're always going to be fighting, how that's never really going to end. Like the scene, um, like the Godfather esque scene where they're, he's talking to Papa or whatever his name is. Yeah. I think a lot of that still would have been left in. I mean, a, a lot of it, I think still would be the yeah, same. You know hard, what I mean? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's a little hard. I think just the way that, uh, Kubrick would have gone filming. It would have been just <coughs> the actual, like, yeah, you know, cinematography wise. Yeah, that's 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 a good point too. Because this movie, and I thought about it a lot, was um, a lot of handheld stuff, which is I've realized like is what Spielberg really does with um, a lot of stuff that is grittier and kind of dirtier. Like he did it in Saving Private Ryan again, like War of the Worlds, like those kind of dirtier movies. He kind of likes to do handheld stuff to just Paul make it more raw. Method. Yeah, yeah, and I think Kubrick. Uh, I don't know. I really I, like, I can't recall Kubrick using handheld. I might. I mean, yeah. don't quote me that being right about that, but I just don't because Kubrick's so um, methodical in the way that he he films. Like he mm-hmm. he's not gonna stop unless he gets exactly what's in his head. You know. Yeah. So that's why I don't think of him as a hand ever. Like it wouldn't it wouldn't make it wouldn't match his mo. You know, like. Yeah, handheld. Like I, I think Munich is like a really, it's a really, really good looking movie. But I think Kubrick's version would be a lot. Like he would have taken his history as like a photographer, and like you, you would definitely see kind of a lot more beautiful. I think it would be better, even better looking than it kind of already is. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. I think he he would make a much prettier movie. Not to say that it's not wonderfully filmed because it was. I just think aesthetically, it would be more pleasing to the eye if Kubrick had had made it. I mean, I'm not Kubrick, so I don't <laughs> I don't know how he would. I mean, a lot of long oh, shots and, and symmetry, you know, just shit like that. Yeah, but he he definitely would have uh, if he was alive. To, when, when did he die? Nineties, ninety right? late nineties. If he was alive to see it, I think he would have appreciated the amount of fucking zooms that Spielberg put in the movie. He did a little fast zooms. They were a little fast. You need to slow. You need to slow them down, Stephen. They were a little. You're fast. going too fast, real big. You're going too fast with those zooms. You're yeah. scaring me. I think. I think for how cynical this movie was, I think Spielberg. Or Jesus, uh, Kubrick. Kubrick. They're becoming the same person. The more podcasts we do, uh, Kubrick's version, <laughs> I think, would have been even more cynical. And I don't know what that would look like, but I think it would have somehow been more cynical. He would have taken out the. The whole family shit. I don't know. I think all of them would have died. I think like Eric. I mean, Bale I would have. I would love that. I would, I would love to see. If that. yeah, if like he lays down in the bed with his wife, and then a bomb goes off because he's now right when he comes, like gets shot. Like, oh Jesus head. Christ! Oh my God! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Not really. <laughs> Anyways, okay, great. Uh, all right. Well, what did you? hate about the movie what did I hate about it um so yeah I agree that the second half definitely drags after the first half of the movie where it's kind of like you have these I don't know if they're really set pieces because they're they're not. They're they're kind of. They're not like these big action set pieces, but they're these really fucking tense. And we didn't really talk about that, but geez, I mean, this movie's really tense. No, I mean, yeah, like this movie is incredibly tense. Like he knows how to kind of build a scene, and I think the first half is definitely way more um, 
representative of that than the second half. But even from the beginning, you have you set up the character of uh, I forgot their names because all their names are crazy. The toy maker man, and the, the, there's the well, the, gonna, yeah, man. the guy who uh, was adapting Arabian Nights. That guy they set him up. Oh yeah, and he's like guy. this this very and this goes back to kind of how gray it gets well even it's kind of gray from the beginning too where uh it's um well yeah because er- whenever eric band's about to assassinate somebody he's like do you know why we're here mm-hmm. do you know why like he wants to confirm like at least their names well he yeah. wants to know that they that he wants them to realize like oh you did something bad I want to know that you did something bad that's an interesting point yeah, yeah that's why Eric Bannon does that every time because he wants to make sure that he's killing for the right reason and then that ties into kind of the end too where he's like I want to see the proof that all these guys did it yeah. that like I, I didn't waste my time for nothing mm-hmm. but yeah what I was, was, was going to say is like um, even from the get go it kind of sets each of these guys up as it's like wait this guy's a terrorist like he's like buying milk getting bread he's like bonding with the lady at the store like he's Mm. seems like a nice guy and then the second guy is like a daughter and you see him like being real kind of like fatherly to her yes so it's like he he doesn't want to paint these guys in like broad strokes it's like oh this guy's a bad terrorist guy and yeah absolutely absolutely is that what you hate about the film (laughs) (laughs) jesus christ i got way off topic um but no yeah i think the second half it kind of it's it's not as exciting and i'm not sure if that's the intention that it kind of like drags and it's like that's kind of just what happens i mean just be real like were you bored i mean like i wasn't bored this time but i definitely remember like all the previous times i saw it Mm. the second half was definitely like dragging on right but way less so this time yeah yeah for me i I, i'd say the same it's like it is not that it's not that it when i was watching it i thought it was bad i was just like when is this gonna be over Mm -hmm. you know like let's let's just wrap it up boys let's 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 go (laughs) let's just finish this off almost three hours long so yeah yeah and um another another thing that I, i i'm really conflicted because in one way, I have a lot of. I really like the points that you bring up about it, in the sense that it's a, it is his most cynical movie, and I should encourage Steve Stevie Spiel, Spielberg's to do his to do cynical movies. <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like it's his one of his most forgettable movies. Uh. You know, like who talks about Munich? You know, like I just don't. I don't see it as a, a staple. Like, people talk about Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones, even Schittler's List. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Not, I, not to say that <laughs> Schindler's List is a bad movie. It's just a stupid joke. But anyways, I just don't think that people are going to look at, you know, Steven Spielberg's um, uh, uh, filmography mm-hmm. and point that out to be one of, it, one of his better films. Yeah. You know, but I, at the same time, it's like I think that out of all his movies, this was actually like very, um, very special mm-hmm. in its commentary about the Middle East, Middle Eastern conflict. Yeah, I just, I don't know, just something yeah. about it is just like you just don't, it something about it just doesn't stick. Maybe there's nothing. Maybe okay. it's just not well. See, that's special enough, like his other films. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I mean, that's really interesting because, like, Munich, Munich to me, ever since, uh, I don't know, the first or second time I saw it, it was, like, always kind of one of my favorite Spielberg movies. And even with, like, the kind of more forgettable second half, and I think it's because it was so different than kind of what he does. And maybe that, like, uh, goes to your point of saying, like, it's why it's not one of his best because, like, he typically does things that are a lot less cynical, a lot more kind of, like, earnest and end on like a more upbeat note you know what i mean and maybe that's why it's kind so of forgettable that's what for sucks him. about it yeah it's like we're <laughs> we're we're already biased in the sense that we we look under we look at this film under the the spectacles of S- steven spielberg film you yeah know? and that already creates it's like forgetfulness even though it was an attempt to go outside of his um comfort zone mm-hmm. and that sucks <laughs> that really sucks because like I can't I can't escape my bias from you know like yeah I want to that's why I'm conflicted right now like mm-hmm. I feel so confused because it's just like I just when I think of Steven Spielberg I'm not gonna think of Munich you know I'm <laughs> yeah. just not I'm not gonna think of it yeah but it's a good movie and I I wish I just didn't I wish you could just erase Spielberg's name off of it <laughs> and then view the movie as its own entity you know yeah no i mean that that makes sense i think i don't know yeah i mean he has a lot of different i don't know yeah like you think spielberg and you kind of think his like these like wonder filled adventure movies and then but i mean he's made a lot of different types of movies it's like it's like if it's like if you look i mean i'm gonna go a little a little off and talking about like Tarantino. Okay. You look at Jackie Brown, which is a good movie, but yeah. it's not like a Tarantino movie. You know what I mean? Okay. You, you I mean, I see mean? that, but I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I see where you're coming from. I think Munich is a better Spielberg movie than Jackie Brown is a better Tarantino movie, though. Well, yeah, but I'm, 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 I'm saying. Well, I mean, Jackie Brown's still a good movie. Just... I, I see what you're saying. Like, it's not what you think of when you think of the yeah, director. exactly. Yeah. Okay. You yeah. know? And it's terrible because you want the director to be able to do what whatever they want and get out of their um, usual uh, film arena, you mm-hmm. know? And I guess, I, I mean, it's... This has got me thinking to think about movies in a, in a different way because you go under the... Because, like, I... I mean, I usually I'll I'll have a director that I like and I'll go through all their movies. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I'll do, mm-hmm. and then I'll judge them a bit. Try to do it objectively, but now that I think about it, it's like it's it's not like you mm-hmm. you go under you. Know, it's like you you pick up on all the patterns that you watch with all these movies under the one director, and then once they go outside that pattern, you get pissed off. Yeah. You know? Okay, you know yeah. I mean? I mean that that's yeah. a really interesting point because and I mean you a lot of a lot of directors are like this. That. I mean, yeah, like I mean all kind of directors. I think like all directors are kind of like that where they or the the good directors. Let's just say the good directors do that where it's like and especially Spielberg where he if there's like a good story and good characters and like something that just like pulls him in, then he's going to do that. If, even if it's going to be Jurassic park and it's like this thing with dinosaurs and it's adventure, or if it's like Munich where it's like this complicated political, like thrilling thing, you know, that happened in the seventies. And yeah, I mean, you just have to, it's directors are capable of so many different types of 
stories, I guess. And I mean, good ones. Yeah, good directors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you definitely have to yeah, say good directors because then you look at Michael Bay and it's like. <sighs> well, we we got Michael Bay's made some made some hits. <laughs> yeah, he's made some solid. But he movies. decided to, he decided to not care anymore. Sell out and not give a fucking shit. Again, he must be fucking a whole bunch of bitches. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't sure. exactly blame him. In American flag bikinis. <laughs> Sign me up. All I gotta do is direct a couple of Transformers. (laughs) Pretty sure anybody can do that. Yeah, get a couple of Transformers under your belt, and then you'll. (laughs) Couple of Transformers. (laughs) And then, like, uh, each each Transformer movie, you upgrade. You know, you get yeah. you get you get chicks with black bikinis, and you get American bikinis on the next. Yeah, one. yeah. And eventually you, you get eventually you get to have sex with them, but that's like way <laughs> that's way later. That's yeah, yeah. You gotta yeah. knock a, a trilogy out because when you're that ugly, you know, it's kind of hard. To... <laughs> oh, low. how you feel, Michael Bay? I'm hanging in the fucking nuts <laughs> right now. Fucking asshole. We know you're a fan, Michael Bay. We know you're listening to directors. Director showdown because yeah. he just give. eagerly awaiting your episodes. Well, because he cares about movies. <laughs> <laughs> what oh. a punchline! <laughs> oh, All right. Well, Got do him. we have any? Do we have any other um, like uh, segments? Oh uh, no! I, I think one or two. Or no, we covered. I mean, we. I mean, at the beginning, we covered what you what we what we both liked. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll just go through them really quick. We had a uh, signature moves. Mm-hmm. And we had what what would Kubrick do, and what'd you like, what'd you hate, the historical context of 2005, or I guess 2003, when it was in development, mm-hmm. and just any other uh, interesting notes that you picked up with the movie, so. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, just I, in closing, this is one of, uh, this is definitely one of my favorite Spielberg movies. Uh, I think it's a lot darker than he usually does. Um, I mean, yeah, and we talked, like, it's, this is at a time when, like, kind of the whole world was in a dark place, I think, and I think he definitely put that into the art that he made, and he wanted to portray that in a way, and especially since Munich kind of, uh, there's a parallel to kind of what was going on at the time is also a really interesting thing, but the fact that he made that personal and, like, putting his people, if he is Jewish, I don't know. I don't know if you determine if he's Jewish or not. I think he's Jewish. Wait, this is about Jewish people? Yeah. yeah. There's some Jews. What? Here. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. It's Fuck not... this movie. <laughs> Are you fucking serious? Jewish people? <laughs> but... I, I thought it was about aliens. Oh. Because Spielberg always does aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, Eric, Eric Bann is an alien in the movie. He turned to Hulk and smashed all the terrorists. <laughs> With James Bond. <laughs> oh, God. We forgot Poor, to talk. Oh, we didn't talk about Eric Bana at all and how he's just dropped off the face of the earth. Yeah, what is up with that? I don't know, man. I hope he gets... Because he's good. He's good if he uses he was right. good. He was good in Munich in this movie. He was good. Yeah. Well, uh, another bit of trivia. He was... Uh, this role was written for him from, from the get-go. Which Why? I thought was really interesting. I don't know. It's like... <laughs> Like, like why? Oh, you know it was great that Eric Bana fell up. Let's what, put him. What did he do before this? Fucking, well, I was reading it out. What, what I know he was in a big Australian movie. Hold on, but... hold on, people are gonna hear me typing for you. <laughs> Eric Bana. But oh, the fuck was I talking about? 
yeah, but I mean, yeah, I was saying that this is one of my favorite Spielberg movies. Um, I mean, even if even if the second half drags to you, which this time it definitely is a lot more engrossing than the first few times I saw it. Uh, I mean, the first half is so tense, and each like scene where they're going to take somebody out is so incredibly tense. Like the bedroom scene alone, where they put the the bomb under the bed, mm. and then he kind of like is sitting there looking at the lamp, and, and then you know, like once he turns that lamp out, like shit's gonna hit the fan, which is a kind of a fitting saying because the arm is spinning on the fan after it fucking blows the guy up. <laughs> I'm glad you made that fantastic connection. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, I mean it's just really tense and engrossing. And, so yeah. he was he was in uh, he was in Hulk before. 2003. Oh, he was in Troy yeah, he was in right Troy. before Troy. Troy's an underrated movie. I love Troy. <sighs> well, I mean, I can't hate it right now because I only saw it when I was fucking 14 because it's, it's when it came out. Yeah. Black Hawk Down. I think he had a small role in that. See, I think I think uh, I think Hulk was what was his fucking breakout role then when I'm looking here? Uh Chopper. Was I remember Chopper? Chopper because Chopper he played like a he gained like fifty pounds and played like an Australian biker criminal guy. Holy shit. Yeah, and apparently he was like amazing in it, so that's that I think that's what it was probably. Well, you know, like he you know, he he, he went on to do Munich and then he he did uh Time Traveler's Wife. Not a good movie. And uh, some other movies. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know. Like, why did he... I, I mean... What did I they see Muni- Was the I mean, music his only I mean, that's, he was good in? That's definitely his, uh, his like, that's claim weird. to it's fame. It's like it all just fucking went down. I feel like Vanna <laughs> has been in so many, like, movies for some reason. Like, like good movies, I mean. Mm-hmm. Not a lot. Not a lot. Not a lot. It's <laughs> weird, dude. Yeah. I think you just somebody know. somebody give uh, Banna a chance, give him a, yeah. another big break. I mean, Maybe they, he'll be in a Spielberg. I mean, movie. Guy Ritchie gave, is giving him a chance. Yeah, in the King Arthur movie. Anyways, what I thought of this this movie, I really liked it. I really did. I just I'm like I said before, I'm just so conflicted with it. I just don't know if it's memorable memorable enough to me. You know, like everything was the me- the themes were great. I love the themes. I love how it was filmed. I love how dark it was in comparison. Like everything you were saying, it's all great. I it just I'm trying to just identify like why it doesn't like sear into my yeah my brain because Indiana Jones does. You know, like a lot of movies do. Yeah, and it, like I is, you know that's that's interesting because like the most comparable movie I would say. Like I said, Zodiac earlier, and I think it kind of, that really is a really comparable movie. But Zodiac to me sticks with me a lot more than Munich, even though like I, I really really enjoy Munich, and I'm not I'm not exactly sure what it is. Is it because the second half gets like a lot more kind of gray and muddy and kind of I don't know. Well, see Zodiac. Um, I guess we'll talk about that for a little. I mean Zodiac. Like I liked it. But it doesn't sear my brain like other David Fincher films. That's you know interesting, I mean? man. It's it's got to be just like a perspective thing. I man. think so. because Zodiac is my favorite David Fincher movie. Really? Yeah. So it's got to just even, be even more you know, than Seven. Yeah, it's my man, favorite David Fincher movie. Crazy. That movie's a fucking masterpiece. I mean, we'll we'll talk about that that's movie crazy. on the Fincher season. I mean, it's <laughs> not like I don't. I mean, it's it's not like I I I didn't like it. I really didn't like Zodiac, but it's just kind of I don't know. 
I don't. I, I think it, it might be just maybe it's just me. I don't know. Maybe you're just a, a fucking asshole, <laughs> a fucking pile of shit. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't uh, deny that. That's for sure. <laughs> It's like this movie. I just setting. talk you into yeah, thinking you're like, a piece of shit. Like, that's why I don't like it. Oh my like, god, you're right. an asshole. Is that why, like, no girl ever loved me? <laughs> like, everything just starts pouring in. She starts crying. Like, <laughs> that's why my parents hate me. Oh no. <laughs> that's why I love Kubrick so much. Is he's a fucking no? If I if I if I'm an asshole, I would love James Cameron. That's who I would. Oh, love. I mean that's true. James Cameron's true. a fucking prick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If uh, any, at least he knows how to make a movie. We'll talk about Cameron's movies. I think we'll compare him to fucking. Well, anyways, I guess I'll just I'll, I'll just say, great movie. I loved it. Um, hopefully, hopefully, maybe after a few days thinking about it, it'll stick with me more. But just off the, just shooting from the hip here, it's, mm-hmm. it's just like how I felt when I first saw it. Like, not, like, when I first saw it, I was like, this is a great movie. I loved it. Mm-hmm. But it's Didn't not like I had some, I didn't have any, any interest in watching it again. Mm-hmm. But when you did bring it up, I was like, yeah, that's a good one to bring up for Spielberg. Because it was just so drastically different mm-hmm. i don't know i th- i think this is uh of his better films we'll see maybe as yeah. we get in deeper into the podcast um as we watch more of his movies yeah we'll, we'll look we'll back him... and kind of see where it sits i mean definitely yeah. it's yeah, definitely we... he definitely has a diverse i mean both directors do all the fucking to go back to it, all good directors i think mm-hmm. have a very diverse filmography and this is definitely way different than fucking indiana jones you know um Quick, quick segment mm-hmm. that that I think we should start doing since we're a little bit we're deeper now since this is the, this is the um, mm-hmm. this is the uh, what is third, this, third episode one? third episode yeah we should start ranking um, ranking the films but Ooh, uh, against each other or? yeah that's oh that's hard man they're so different we won't do it now since the third one but I think or or we'll or we'll just start we'll just rank them in comparison to uh, their own. The director's own movies, not not against each other. What I mean. Okay, you know what I mean? out of all their movies, or just kind of out of the ones we're watching. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, man, you that's know? oh fuck, that's. To keep that in mind, yeah, just keep it. In mind. Okay, yeah. So I mean, that'll be a segment coming up. Just uh, we'll come up with a nifty fucking name for it as we get in deeper. Yeah. yeah. And be sure to watch uh, the Eric Bana show live. That survives. <laughs> what? That survives seventeen, 17 episodes. episodes. What? Sorry, we're on IMDb oh, right now. Looking at Eric Bana's filmography. Okay, so the Eric Bana show live was Australia, was Australia, Australian television comedy talk show hosted by and named after who would have guessed? You Eric don't say. <laughs> the show began as four hour. What? Four four, four hour long. That's four one, episodes. Two, three, four. Yeah, yeah. No, four hours. Each episode was four hours. That's not, no. I know, no. I just fucking. <laughs> no, each four hour long specials in 1996 called Eric. <laughs> in 1997, the show settled into a weekly half hour slot and was renamed The Eric Mana Show Life. It featured celebrity guests, music, comedy, sketches, and comedy monologues. Stephen Blackburn was his band leader. Eric began his career as a comedian. What? 
Comedians, crews, comedians, yeah. serious just, fronts. I can't, I can't believe you look at Eric Bana and everything he's been in, and you just, I don't, I feel like the guy doesn't really have a sense of humor. Yeah, I, right? Know, right? I don't know. But he looks I, like he's super like annoyed by things. Kind of, oh, a man. little bit. He's definitely, I think, fits more. Well, in the maybe like acting. maybe he's like super popular in Australia. Like he's like this big right? fucking thing. Yeah, you know. And then he just did yeah. you see Bana in the in the Munich? This is my terrible accent. Your New Zealand accent. I mean, they're close. They're right next. They're neighbors. Yeah, uh, you go. You go see the see the Eric Bana there. He's he's acting in the dramatic films now. He's acting in dramas. When I saw him in Munich, I laughed out loud because of how funny he used to be. That's not it. Your nose is bleeding. What's happening? No, but uh, yeah, on that note, I think on that uh, very succinct note, I think we're going to wrap it up. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys. Tune back next week when we're going to do. Yeah, what are we doing next week? Uh, Barry Lyndon, Ooh, I think. That's going to be good. Never yeah, seen it before, so that's going to be interesting. I've seen it once before. Uh, it's a good film. It's a little long, too. Man, all these cool. fucking movies are Fucking, they both love making long fucking movies, man. Like they got their a, dicks. <laughs> Anyways, tune back next week <laughs> on uh, Director... I don't know how many times we concluded this podcast, but anyways, yeah. tune back next week for uh, Director Showdown. We'll be seeing uh, uh, Barry Lyndon by Steve... <laughs> Stanley Kubrick. (laughs) Thanks for checking it out. See ya. See ya.